This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello, welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm part of the team here at Parenting for Faith, and I will be your host for today. This is episode six of season two, all about under fives. Now, if you've got teeny weeny people, we did an episode on bumps and babies. That was episode two. Uh, So just scroll back a couple of episodes and that might be more relevant to you now and you might want to graduate onto this. Uh, If you don't have under fives anymore, if that is a long and distant memory to you, we would still be so grateful if you just take a moment and send this to a friend, send it to someone who might help, might be someone who knows Parenting for Faith really well or someone who's never come across it. Um, but we really want to help and support and resource as many people as possible. And if you find these podcasts helpful, do just take a moment to rate, review and subscribe. That makes a massive difference to people knowing that we exist. It doesn't take you very long. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, and it's a huge help to us. So as I say, we're going to be looking at under fives we're going to be kicking off with Rachel answering a question about how to explore if your toddler says that God isn't real and that whole world and age and stage where pretend and make-believe and real are all mixed up and where does God sit in that how do we handle that Uh, then I'm going to chat a little bit about praying with under fives some ideas of what that looks like Um, yeah which hopefully will be something a little bit different and some new things to try And then our great friend, Sarah Hogburn uh, from Gateway Church in York. She's also one of our freelance speaking team. You can book her to come to your church. Uh, Answers a question about what to do when there's nothing for little ones. There's a scenario that I think many of us all recognise. A parent with a toddler and a baby who's finding she's spending most of church sat outside uh, just trying to keep people happy and quiet. Is it even worth going? How can you approach that? So Sarah's going to share some thoughts and some wisdom with us. As usual, we'll end with a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. And if you want to explore this more, we've got loads more resources on our website. If you go to parentingforfaith.brf.org.uk forward slash topics forward slash under fives, you don't have to remember that. The link is in the show notes or just pop onto our website and type under fives. We've got videos all about uh, helping babies and toddlers get to know God and loads more freebies, giveaways, downloadables, articles, There's just loads of stuff on there. So go and have a little browse. But first of all, let's hand over to Rachel. Okay, question time. Um, You guys have been really great at sending in um, questions. And I'm really grateful because I love hearing your questions. So if you have questions, please email through the the website. Just go to parentingforfaith.org and go to contact us. We love hearing your questions put it up on Facebook, however. And uh, and this week we have a parent who says this, hello, I'm listening to your podcast. Yay, I'm glad. And felt encouraged to email in my question. A few days ago during lunch, my three-year-old said to me, oh, mummy, God's pretend. She was... I was suddenly aware that my daughter sees God like one of the characters in her stories. She loves reading her Bible, will tell me Bible stories, and asks to pray for friends. I know she's still so little, but do you have any tips for explaining to a toddler how the God we cannot see is absolutely real? (laughs) And uh, I just want to say, yeah, I've been there. (laughs) We've we've all been there. It's a sort of horrifying (laughs) 
feeling, isn't it? Oh, man. Uh, I just want to thank you, one, for writing it in. But two, I just want to assure you that that the real weirdness about being a parent is that our kids' brains are changing all the time. And so it's not like we get this fixed kid who then we can fix everything uh, around them and sort of then it'll stick. (laughs) So um, I just want to assure you that there are waves of kids' brain development. And right now you are riding a wave of brain development and there are loads of things you can do to help. Um, Under fives, is all about establishing reality. They are trying to figure out what is real in this world, how to engage with it. They're trying to understand it. That's why you have to explain absolutely everything. Uh, It is exhausting for us, but it's because their brains are establishing what is real, what isn't, how to engage with something, um, where they're powerful, where they're not. They're trying to make sense of it all. And so um, I just, I have, guess I have three things to, to help you with. One, don't worry. This is the season. So it's not like something has gone wrong. It's that you have correctly identified the season that you're in. And so that's what's happening now. Imagination, imaginary friends, when they're playing with, you know, two spoons that become two people that are, you know, rescuing other people. They are just an imagination world. They're making weird, weird connections, causal connections, like I don't want to go to hospital because I'll die in hospital because people die in hospital once. It, 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 their brains are all over the place trying to make connections. And that is great because you get to join them in that and help tie those things together. So one thing that is really helpful with that is that you may want to up naming what is pretend and what is real. So as you're watching any television program, you can go, wait a minute, is this pretend story or is this a real story? Or when you're reading any book, go, wait, is this a pretend story or a real story? Real is something that is is happening now or did really happen. Just like yesterday, we really went to the store. Um, but yesterday, we pretended to ride on unicorns. We didn't really ride on unicorns, but we used our imaginations to pretend that we did. But we did go to the grocery store. And you can become, as you're having to talk about everything anyways, begin to name things as they're happening. Oh, we're eating this food. Is it real food or pretend food? Because, you know, the amount of pretend cakes I've eaten in my life. And to just name those things so that, that the categories of real and pretend get quite significant. So that then when you read the Bible, you can say, oh, wait, is this a real story or a pretend story? And is God a real person or a pretend person? And you can begin to um, ask those questions because that's the first thing. It's it, Sometimes it's less to do with whether or not they can see it with their eyes and more to do with just the categories of real and pretend and growing in that. And some kids get this really easily and some don't. Um, this is a development thing. Yes, sometimes it's personality and creativity. And so I don't know your child. You may want to reflect on how uh, you want to handle things like Santa and Easter Bunny and Tooth Fairy. Um, many kids can handle that sort of confusion of real and pretend and us saying it's real, but it's really pretend and game, all of that. Some kids can handle that. Many kids can't handle that and depends on where you feel is right for you and your kid in terms of establishing real and pretend. Um, But one, label stuff. Uh, Two, um, if you feel like it is about the not being able to see thing, there are lots of things that we can't see, but we know are real. Now, the classic one is like air, 
you know, <laughs> I'm breathing something, but I can't see it until it gets steamy. Uh, so you can go through that if you want wind. Uh, but I find it's also helpful things like grandma talking on the phone from the other room or just when daddy um, or mummy calls when they come home. Um, we hear their voice, but we can't see them. But do we know they're real? Yes. Why do we know they're real? Well, because we've had experiences with them, you know, all of those different things. Um, just because we can't see them doesn't mean it's not real. Uh, also, interesting things like science are helpful, like electricity. I turn on the light because electricity is real. If there's, there's something that's invisible that makes all this stuff get powered. It's amazing. Or gravity, I fall down. Uh, and so there are lots of things we can't see that are real. But the second thing is to say that you know God is real because what? You know God is real because he talks to you, he comforts you, because when you're sad, you feel like he's holding you, uh, because you read about him and you know that it's true. You know, how, how, whatever your experience is, explain why you know God is real. And then the third, the, the last part of this whole can't see but real thing is act as if God is in the room because he is. And so often, um, you know, when grandma's in the room or grandpa's in the room, we, uh, say hello and we talk to them and we play with them and we show them stuff and we we they, we know they're real because we interact with them and often what happens with kids is that we don't interact with God uh, in everyday life so the only exposure they have to God is in these very um confined experiences of prayer or of um of reading the Bible. And so it seems like something that is turned on and off again, rather than a, a relationship with a being that is in existence around them. So have a think just of how you can treat God as if he's real because he is real, whether it's when they fall over being, oh God, look at her leg. Oh, she hurt her leg. God, let's show God, show God what it is. Or when you come in in the morning, morning, Jesse, morning, Jesus, how are you doing? Uh, whatever it is, uh, just realize you're establishing reality for your child and therefore treat God as if he's in the room because he is. Show him stuff. Talk to him. Uh, invite him to sit down next to you as you watch television. Uh, so treat him as if he's real. So that then begins to um, weave into your child's pattern that God is a, a real person who is present uh, in the space. Uh, and the other thing is um, check out Unwinding Wrong Views of God episode on the course on the Parenting for Faith uh, website. That can be a really helpful tool of because essentially under five's life, well, all of life is sort of helping our kids unwind where they've slightly got it wrong with God. And there's some tools in there uh, that can help you on that. So I hope that uh, helps. Uh, you're doing a great job. It's a fun season. Enjoy the season uh, because it's great that you get to establish this foundational stuff of how your kid thinks about God and knows God and sees God and interacts with God. That's going to last not only a lifetime, but for all eternity. So all of these little bumps and warps and and trying to figure it all out is, is a great part of your call. And it sounds like you're doing a great job. So one of the questions that comes up quite a lot on the Parenting for Faith course is people who uh, hear the idea of chat and catch and they think it's great. But their children are young. They may be one, two, three, four, that kind of age. And so they think, what on earth does this look like for little people? Uh, I struggle to have a proper conversation with them about anything. So how do I get them to chat and catch with God? So I just wanted to give a few suggestions of um, what that looks like with under fives. 
So the first thing which is mentioned uh, on the, in the Parenting for Faith course is that they don't have to do it in their heads. For a small person, the idea of chatting to God in their head is normally too much. It's too tricky. And so when you give them a prompt and suggest that they chat to God about something, they will almost certainly shout it out loud. And so for older children, when they're getting towards three, four, you can encourage them to either whisper their answer into their hand or whisper it into a pillow or a cushion. Um, They can hide under their covers. They can make a little tent or whisper to the wall, whatever works for them. That works really well. Um, For really little ones, for one-year-olds, maybe two-year-olds, they probably won't even get that. That's absolutely fine. They'll need to say their answer out loud. Um, And that's not a problem, but just keep directing the conversation back to God. You might be curious about what they're hearing, but uh, make sure that you're saying this is for God. The second thing is that it doesn't have to be verbal. So chat and catch, we think about talking, don't we? But it doesn't have to be three words. So they could draw a picture of something. They can make something out of Play-Doh. They can show him stuff. You know, God is a a proud parent. He wants to see their new skills as well. So they can show him that they've just learned to clap their hands or how fast they can zoom on their scooter or the funniest face that they can make. It doesn't have to be just with their words. And the third thing is just to weave conversational prayer into whatever you're already doing. So for under five, so much of their life is spent playing, isn't it? So let's chat to God about what they're doing with their toys. Focus on the things that interest them, the things that they can see. So if you've got a child strapped in the buggy and you're walking along to a playgroup, something like that, you might want to point out the flowers, ask them to tell God which one they like best and why if they're a little bit older. Or if you're watching, they're watching telly, they can tell God which Paw Patrol character they'd most like to be or what's making them laugh about Peppa Pig. They can point things out. It doesn't have to be about things that are traditionally spiritually and holy it can be about whatever they're into Uh, so the first thing is that they don't have to do it in their heads the second thing is that it doesn't have to be verbal and the third thing is about weaving conversational prayer into whatever you're doing and then the fourth thing is about using prompts from their emotions so sometimes more complex emotions are a bit tricky for little ones But we do a lot around the emotions of kind of things are good or bad or happy or sad, don't we? And so I found for me, these are quite helpful prompts. So something great happens. Maybe they peed on the potty. Great. Let's tell God about that. Uh, Maybe they've got a new toy and they're really excited. So let's show God what it can do. But it's also those kind of those down times and the sad, difficult times. So maybe their friends snatch their toy. They could tell God how that makes them feel. Or they fell over and they bumped their knee and it really hurts. Let's show God where it hurts. Let's ask him to make it better. So you get the idea. It's just about picking up on those little good, bad, happy, sad things that happen throughout the day. Um, But I know it can be hard to see what this looks like in practice. So what I thought I'd do now is just play you a little clip of um, some chat, chatting to God with a one-year-old and show you how um, you can kind of just pick up on what they're interested in and what they're saying and doing. You'll see his attention span in this is literally not even two or three seconds on each thing and he's all over the place. But that's fine, you can just redirect and give them ideas of different things to chat to God about. So let's hear that. Do you want to do some chat and catch with God? Yeah. Tell God your favourite colour. Red. Red? Tell God an animal you like. Tiger. And show God what does a tiger say? 
Candy Shay got something funny. What's funny? What? What? Red is running. That was your color as well. Okay. Oh, can you tell God? Did you do anything fun today? Oh, you showing God your toes? God, toes. God, look at your toes. How many toes have you got? Toes. Got your feet. Did you make them? God made all of you, didn't he? Did he make your toes? Stars. Stars. He made the stars. God made the twinkle, twinkle stars. Do you want to sing Twinkle, Twinkle for God? Wow, thank you, God, for the stars. So as you can see, we were not aiming for deep, theological, complex prayers there. But there is a little boy that knows he can... Uh, show God the sound that, that a tiger makes and tell him his favourite colour and sing a song that he's really into at the moment and show him his toes. Great, if he can talk to God about the little things now, as he gets older, he'll be able to chat to God about uh, more meaningful and more important things. Uh, so he's nearly two and then my daughter, who's three, is able to take this a little bit further. So uh, with her, we are really encouraging her to do the whispering or um, just speak to God in a way that is is showing that it's directed to God and not to us. She often doesn't need prompts in the same way or she will suggest a prompt that we both do. So she'll say, let's tell God something we really enjoyed today and we'll both do that in our heads. But we're encouraging her to take a little bit more of a lead. So wherever your child is at at the moment, just start small, start little bits and see what is their next step. If you want to come back to this, I've written it up as a post for our website. It's called Ideas to Get Under Fives Chatting to God. Have a great time experimenting. My church doesn't offer children's groups for under threes. I have a two-year-old and a four-month-old, and I'm finding the service very stressful to try to control my children through. I don't want to find another church, but neither do I want to spend every service shushing my children or stuck sitting outside the main service in the lobby of the school missing the service when I could have just stayed at home. What do I do? I think I have heard over and over and over again as I've traveled around very similar situations. And so I called my friend Sarah. She is the children's pastor at Gateway Church uh, in York. And she has multiple small people in her life uh, and has also worked within churches for a long time. And she has some wisdom for us on that. Here's my friend Sarah. Well done for making it to church, first of all, with two little ones. That's a really big achievement. And I'm sorry that when you get there, you're feeling um, down about it. That's that's really difficult. And it's hard. It's a hard stage of life to be in. And it's um, really hard when there's nothing kind of provided by the church, too. Um, just a few things, maybe, I guess, to think about. Um, the first thing I think I'd say is see if you can talk to someone on your church leadership and just find out actually what their expectations are. Um, you know, is it is it okay for your children to be making a bit of noise in the church, or is that not okay? Um, where what are they expecting you to do? Um, because sometimes I think we assume that our children are being really noisy, and other people don't mind so much. Um, and or maybe they do, but it's it's helpful to know where you stand and um, to get an idea from the church leadership of what their expectations are and, and what they're expecting you to do. Um, 
church leaders, your church leaders will want you to be there. Then <laughs> they want you to be part of their congregation, and they want your children to be part of their congregation too. Um, and sometimes, as well, church leaders are just really busy and they have a lot on, and um, it wouldn't have even occurred to them that this might be an issue. Um, and so, you just raising it is just helpful. It puts it in their mind that actually there is an issue there for you. Um, and that will be helpful for them. So if you can, try and raise it with someone so that they, they at least know, and it's on their radar, that there's there's something that you're finding difficult. And then at least you know um, what they're expect, expecting of you and um, and what's okay and what's not okay from their perspective as well. I think that, that would be really helpful. Um, the second thing, um, I guess, to think about is what, what can you do um, you know, during worship, are there things you can do together with your children? How can you engage them in worship um, and that kind of thing? But also, what what are your values of what church is and should be? Is going to church about hearing a sermon or is there more to going to church than that? Um, actually, is going to church about drawing near to God? And even if you can't be in some parts of the service, how can you do that in the bits you are in? How can you do that in the bits where you're not in? If you're outside um, with your children, actually, how can you draw near to God yourself? How can you help your children draw near to God? You know, maybe you could take some Bible stories with you and read those to them while you're out, um, or even put some worship music on if if the space allows for that. Um, And just trying to look at ways that you can draw near to God as, as a family, um, in that church setting, even if you're not in with the main congregation. And again, if, if part of your value is actually um, about loving people and being loved, um, those times that you are in the congregation, maybe even after the service, can you? who can you be loving and who can your children be loving? They're really little, but they still have a part to play in your church. And who are those lonely people or the, maybe some of the more frail members of your congregation who would just really appreciate you coming and talking to them and holding a baby right in their face and them being able to to see a baby. For some older people, that um, experience of encountering a small baby can totally make their week. Um, so find those people that you can love and that your children can love and um, and give other people opportunities to love you as well. Maybe there's someone who, um, who, can, who can take your children out if they need to go out so that you can enjoy a sermon every once in a while. And um, and find those people. Maybe they're people who you've been in a small group with in the past or or currently. Um, find those people who um, who you can be loved by, and and even if you're not making it into the service, you can still be part of the church family. Um, you still have a part to play. Uh, you might not be able to take on a role, um, but there are still relationships that you can develop with different people, and that your children they have a part to play too. Um, and there's loads of stuff about that in the fourth, the week eight of the Parenting for Faith course has a lot in that, um, all about how you can still. Um, do church and be part of a church family even if maybe you can't access certain parts of the the church service in this season and also I guess practicing those values through the week are there people you can meet up with in the week um, so that you can be church together Um, can you listen to the sermon um, after the children are in bed one evening maybe that would be something that would really help you um definitely for worship um play the worship songs that you're um having in church play them in your house um that can be a really positive experience for your children they get to know the songs that you sing um you can also find some great um we quite often use um videos from youtube that have motions and we use the motions from that and and even at two you can start to introduce those to your children and they can see them and and learn some really basic like motions that they can use in the service um, and equip them to be part of 
the church family when they are in. Um, but yeah, I think it's a season and it's a difficult season, but there is an end to it. <laughs> there will be a day when you get to be in a service and listen to a whole sermon without having to worry um, about what your children are doing and someone else will have them. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's about thinking about what, what are your values and making sure there's people around you who can help you with that. And um, and even if you're not getting the sermon or certain bits of the service, actually, um, you're still part of the church family and um, making sure that you feel part of that um, and the, remembering that you have a role and your children are part of that and they have a role too. Um, so I hope it gets better. I hope... Um, you you manage to find a way to enjoy being part of church um but it is just a season and it it will get better and well done well done for making it to church that's a really big achievement so keep keep doing that keep trying to get there that's that's important and um and you're part of the church family and your children are part of the church family so um enjoy being part of church together and doing church together whatever that looks like for you in your season And your question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. What is the coolest thing you've ever shown God? We were talking in that uh, Praying with Under Fives about how we don't always have to just chat to God, we can just show him things. So try asking your child or teenager, what is the coolest thing you've ever shown God? Have a great conversation, be ready to share yourself as well, and we will see you again next week. Bye-bye! Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight session course, to get in touch or to find out about training and events near you.